Hello and welcome to the Irish Fire Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Houghton. I'm an entrepreneur, investor, and financial independence enthusiast, sharing my financial freedom journey. Stay tuned and welcome aboard. On to today's episode. And this is something which, again, it probably ties into a lot of the themes of some of the more recent episodes that I've had. And I heard about this term actually from when I was interviewed by a journalist a few weeks ago when I appeared in an article for the Sunday Independent. And the particular journalist asked me what my thoughts were on Cruise FI. And Cruise FI is basically the notion of saving up a huge amount of money but not actually living off that amount of money and basically still doing your job or still earning some form of income, which involves time for money exchange, and then eventually being able to retire off this massive sum of money. And you might think, well, hang on, Mike, isn't that exactly what a pension is? And yep, you've pretty much hit the nail on the head as far as I'm concerned. So this is going to be a good one. And the reason this is a good one is because this might be a great option If you've been listening so far and you've been going, geez, this all sounds great, but I am in no way in a position to start any of this stuff, then I'm going to crunch some numbers and hopefully it's going to potentially give you a path to financial independence. So one of the things that's changed for me recently is that when I originally set out on my financial independence journey, I thought that my number might be about 200,000. And if you've listened to some of my other interviews where I've actually had to give a number, I've mentioned the magical 200,000 number. Currently, my portfolio is just shy of 80,000. So based on that logic, I would be almost halfway there and probably over halfway when you consider the compounding effect or the effect that compounding would have. But my number keeps getting higher. And why is that? Why does my number keep getting higher? Is my cost of living going up? Nope. It's simply because I don't feel fully confident in the investments that I currently have that they would continue to perform for the next 50 or 60 years. And so when you actually look at it that way, and when you go that big picture, you really have to ask yourself, am I making the right decision by relying solely on the likes of peer-to-peer lending, managed forex trading, things that quite frankly could easily blow up years down the line. So when I actually started to reflect on that a little bit more, and when I started to think, hmm, maybe I've been rushing myself to try and become financially independent, I actually started to think, well, hang on, what if we were to take a much longer viewpoint on this? And that's where investing in the pension and adding more contributions to my pension has really started to become something which has been quite powerful. I found out this week that Sweden doesn't allow tax-free contributions into a pension. I don't know why that is the case, but uh, you suddenly start to realize that, hey, maybe we aren't as unlucky in Ireland when it comes to some of the options that we do have to get around tax. I was talking to a a lady from the US during the week based outside of a state just outside of New York City, and she was saying that her property tax alone was 20,000 US a year. So I think we often look at the US and go, wow, that's really great for income tax but we forget about some of these other taxes that uh, some states in America do have. And the horrible thing about that is that's money that has to be paid whether you're earning money or not, and really just for owning a house. So that is quite horrible when you compare Ireland's situation of really only needing to pay tax when you actually make money. And I know a lot of us complain about the property tax and things like that, but that's a few hundred euros a year, if that, compared to 
say, 20000 a year, as the case where this woman was paying in the States. And look, that's all a bit of a side point. I just want to try and get you guys thinking that um, we need to be taking advantage of some of the tax-efficient systems that are there. And certainly our pension system is a good one, so we should be utilizing that. So how does that help when it comes to cruise FI? And I've mentioned before in the past that my plan C is to grow my pension pot. In more recent times, I've talked about some of the other tax efficiencies that I do have, and some of the ideas are changing around how I want to do it, which I think is great. And it being the last quarter of 2019, I am starting to think about where I want to put my money next year. And... I think the larger my pot gets, the more somewhat risk averse I'm getting. Whereas, and look, I know I've commented before about how I've done some stupid investments like the football index and other stupid things where I've kind of thrown money here and there, but that's a few hundred euros. When it comes to putting, say, 10,000 euros down in something, that's when you really start to think, is this the right decision? And I will be the first to admit that some of the investments that I've made early on, I wouldn't make again. And if I was back in that situation, I certainly wouldn't make them again. I've mentioned this before, we're always learning as we invest, and that's part of the process. Uh, We had Guy Davis on the show. He mentioned that we will all make mistakes when it comes to actually investing, and that that's actually part of the process. So I'm going to respect his advice on that and not lose too much sleep over the fact that, hey, maybe I'm not doing some of these investments as well as I should, because all I can control is new investments going forward. If you're in a situation where maybe you have a job and it's a high-paying job and you feel like you should be contributing more to your pension, but you don't necessarily know how that's going to relate to financial independence, then how about we crunch some numbers? I started looking at the numbers of putting 500 euros a month into a pension. I assumed that you were going to be putting that in into low-cost index funds or ETFs or something like that. And if we take the S&P 500, that has returned on average over the last 120 years 11% per year on average with dividends reinvested, which we would be doing in the case of a pension. Let's assume that we get a rate of about 1% in terms of the pension charge. We can assume a annual return of 10%. And look at before you jump off your high horse and say, yeah, but at the moment the share market's overvalued, we're talking many years down the line. So we're going to assume that in the last 120 years we've got that, and we're going to assume that's going to keep happening. And if we're off slightly, then it will have a small impact, but we have to give faith to the fact that over time this will happen. So if you are 30 today, and I kind of start the pension thing at 30, because I feel like the 20s is a lost decade when it comes to thinking about your pension and in many ways thinking about financial independence. If you are listening to this show and you are in your 20s, congratulations, you are well ahead of most of us. I've mentioned on the show in the past, I blew a lot of money in my 20s that, in hindsight, I could have been halfway to retirement now had I invested that wisely. So if you are in your 20s, congratulations, you are ahead of the pack. Your job is to start sooner and start as soon as possible on this stuff. And here is why. If you were to invest 500 euros a month into a low-cost index fund within a pension, after 35 years, your fund would be sitting at just under 1.7 million euro. Just take a second to reflect on that. 500 euros a month for 35 years equals 1.7 million euro. That's assuming our 10% net growth per year. How much of that is what you've actually contributed versus the compounding effect? You would have contributed 210,000 euro. So we're talking just under 1.5 million euro in compound interest. 
scary, scary stuff. All right. And I know that there's a lot of arguments to say, don't invest in a pension and just invest in ETFs with after-tax money. But in that case, you would be paying 41% interest on 1.5 million euro. So that's a horrible thought. Whereas you could actually start taking 4% of that per year and paying that at approximately 19.5% in tax per year. And that will continue to grow throughout that time, right? So you will die richer and you will end up passing that money on. So that is a scary thought. Why we do not have compulsory superannuation when you realize that sort of number is hard to believe, right? We're talking about a baby booming economy where we have enough money to pay for our government pension when we get older. Well, with a stat like that, none of us should be worrying about it. Now, I hear you. Some of you might say, well, I don't have 500 euros per month to invest. Go back through the last 30 odd episodes. You will see me say it, and I've said it many times before. We didn't either. We have three kids. We were cash strapped as much as anybody was, and we managed to find a way. We actually had an interesting situation today where we bought down some old baby clothes from the attic, and we started going through the clothes that we had kept. This is sort of three years previous. And my wife said something like, oh, geez, how poor were we when we looked at the state of some of the clothes that we had actually thought that we were going to save to pass down to our younger child? And the funny thing is, and I mentioned it to her, I said, we're actually poorer today. And what I mean by that is the amount of money that we spend today is less than what we used to spend. Yet we used to have a poor person's mentality, yet we spent more money. So it's the opposite again. And these days when we buy clothing, we buy more high quality clothing. So we go to say H&M instead of pennies, but we know that that clothing will last and we kind of in the long run save money through it. So it's an interesting oxymoron. And I guess that's what I'm trying to get at through some of this stuff. I suspect most of us on half a decent income could find 500 euros to invest through a pension, especially if you're in the higher tax bracket, because that is really only 250 euros of net income. Do think about this. That's a fascinating stat. Now, I'm going to crunch some other numbers here as well, because I do have some others to go through. Let's say you leave your pension until you're 40 before you start, and you put the same amount away, 500 euros a month. So you're doing it over 25 years, same return. Then you will have a sum at the end of 616,000, nearly three times less. That 10-year period makes a massive, massive difference. That will include compounding interest of 466,000. So still pretty good. You've only contributed 150,000, but it hasn't had that length of time to actually help you out. And what about 15 years? Well, if you were to do it over 15 years, then you will contribute 90,000 in that time and your pension amount will be just under 200,000. So it would have just over doubled in terms of the return in 15 years. Now, why is 15 years important to me? And that is because I'm currently 35, and for me, with my company pension, I could, in theory, take it at the age of 50. So I am extremely interested in the 15-year time period. I mentioned earlier that I've been looking at ways to increase my pension pot, because I'm starting to think more long-term, more bigger picture, and I think in the long run, I would be quite comfortable in equities, knowing that I can just ride that wave out for as long as I possibly can. For me... My pension pot isn't for me, and I know there's a lot of people that would say, why don't you consider spending all of it? For me, this is about amassing a huge amount of money that I can pass on to my children, and they can then further pass that money onto their children, and so on and so forth. 
So that is largely my motivation. It isn't about spending the money. It is about knowing that I have actually built that money up and living off the interest that it earns. So 15 years. Let's talk about my own situation then and hopefully this can relate to your situation a little bit. But uh, as I mentioned, I have 15 years left until I could take my pension. And I currently have a pension pot of around 12,000 euros. So that's been my contribution. I've been contributing that 500 euros now for almost two years, which has been a fairly solid start. In 2020, I will be upping those contributions. I'm hoping to contribute around 2,000 a month to my pension. Although based on what I need to do to get to a sum of a million euro, which is one of my uh, more long-term plans, I will need to contribute slightly more. So firstly, why a million euro? I have been a long time uh, believer, I guess, thinking that it would not be possible to actually become financially independent in Ireland with 25 times your expenses. But the more that I reflect on that, the only way to be truly financially independent is to actually stick to that rule of 25 times your expenses. So given my current income is approximately 40,000, then I would need a million euro to continue to draw down that 4% to hit that safe withdrawal rate, and which basically guarantees that that pot will remain even after I die, which is a nice thought. If I were to put 2,500 euros away for the next 15 years, assuming a net return of 10% per year, I will have a pension pot of over 1 million euro. That will include compound interest of just over 580,000 euro, and my actual contributions will be 462,000 euro. So again, I wouldn't get to take advantage of as much compounding as I'd like, but at the same time, this is where the cruise FI situation comes in. If I continue to add to this pot, who's to say when I get to 50, I won't work another year or two, or Something else may have happened since then from my plan A and my plan B that I may not need to touch the pension for a while, but I know it's there. I have friends who are now in their late 50s who have no pension plan in mind, nothing saved up, no notion of what's going to happen after they stop working. And I think the reason that they ultimately don't want to know about it is because they know there's nothing there and that there actually isn't a plan. So cruise FI. All right, so what's the takeaway here? If you're in a situation where you've been looking at trying to become financially independent, but you just don't have a full answer yet on how to do it, why not just take the pension route and let compounding interest do its thing over time? We should all be investing for the long run and maybe taking a step backwards and saying, hey, even at 50, I'll still be a young man, that that might be a better route to take than trying to rush it now and then realizing once you actually do retire, that maybe you haven't retired off enough money and that you have to eventually go back to work anyway. As always, if you have any questions on this stuff, reach out to me at michael at firepodcast.ie and I look forward to catching you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to today's episode. As you likely already know, the path to financial freedom starts with you taking action. If you've been inspired by my story, why not come and join me at one of my events? I attend meetups regularly and also host webinars every couple of weeks. Most of the events are free to attend. Visit www.firepodcast.ie and click on the events tab for more information. The link will also be available in the show notes.